It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. We were discouraged with all the negativity in the world and decided to focus on finding some good out there. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast with me, Teresa. And me, Amy. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So, Amy, it's fall time. Anything? How was your week last week? Well, like you, I had a uh, launch. (laughs) And my middle one went off to school and it college, here in Oregon. And it it was the ducks one today. The ducks one today. And, you know, I'm a cougar. Oh no! So we watched. It was a rough game. It was a rough game. We watched oh, the end yeah. of it. It was kind of fun. Ryan's yeah. like, "This is bittersweet. I don't know how to feel about this." But yeah, and you said you chatted with her. So. We, I've chatted yeah. with her, and she's happy. So yeah. I, I'm happy for yeah. her. But it's just the loss, still hard. the miss, yeah, still hard. Yeah. Miss her. So I get that. So I'm going to chat a little bit about this organization called Give Back Box. It's a website where you can go and print out, label, and mail stuff to a charity of your choice. Oh, I love that. That sounds really cool. Well, this is episode 102, and I'm going to talk about an Alaskan author, Heather Lend, who has a new book out. And then later, I'll talk about Vanessa Cara, who is a hydraulic engineer and a professional Ooh. soccer player. Oh. She received Scott Harrison's book, Thirst, for her 25th birthday, and it changed her life. Oh. Yeah. I used to mock my oldest son about how many packages he received from Amazon. Oh, that's he, a problem for many. <laughs> yes. But you know his plants and, and all of that. So he buys stuff for plants or fish. We get a package at least every other day and sometimes multiple packages in a single day. I would give him our time because I'm like, the environment, the environment. Right, right. Well, now I can't say much about that right now because I've been guilty, been doing organizing. I told right, you yeah. doing home edit. You can get their stuff online right now through Walmart. I still have to check all that out. But yeah, <clears throat> the timing worked out great because I have all those boxes just in time for my son to move into his first apartment. There you go. You're recycling. Yeah, exactly. But now that he's all moved in, I still have the boxes. So, obviously, I can recycle them, but I learned about another way to make great use out of boxes from online retailers. Monica Wayella was running an online shoe store based out of Chicago in 2012. One day, she saw a man who was holding up a sign saying he needed a pair of shoes. Monica wanted to help. Shoes were her thing. So, she ran back to her office and brought back a pair of shoes only to find the man had gone. That started her thinking about what she could do. She had a warehouse of empty shoe boxes, and she tried to figure out how she could make those work for others to help them out. Yeah. She did some research and found that every year, U.S. households throw away 11 tons of clothing, shoes, towels, bedding, and other household items. 11 tons. That's a lot. It's hard even to... I can't... I'm trying to think of what that even looks like. Would look like. Yeah. We need to ask Ryan because he's really good at giving us the visual. Yes. yes. While charities exist that accept those types of items as donations, sometimes people don't want to deal with the hassle of going to drop them off. And a hitter, she could use cardboard boxes to make it easier to donate items to charity. 
Give Back Box is a nonprofit that reuses cardboard boxes to ship unwanted clothing, books, shoes, and household items to different charitable organizations. Give Back Box is not a charity itself. It fashions itself as a logistical source for charities. People can use boxes they receive from online retailers to ship donated items to local charities or have the option to select from different charities. While Giveback Box would like you to use its retail partners like Amazon, Loft, REI, Ann Taylor, Lego, and Nordstrom, you can use any box that's in good condition. So my is it really clever? It is. I like that. And simple. From the Giveback Box website, you can print a free shipping label to use with either UPS, FedEx, or the U.S. Postal Service, depending on what's most convenient for you. With the free shipping label, Giveback Box will select the charity to ship to out of the local charities in your area. If you want to target where you want your donation to go, you select from a large list of charitable organizations in a bunch of different areas. Mental health, child-focused charities homeless charities, animal charities, environmental organizations, veteran programs, refugee programs, LGBTQ programs. So endless. Yeah. Cancer charities and Ukraine-specific charities. The Cancer Cartel. Oh, they're on there? It was on their list. Yes. That you did. If you select a targeted donation, then you pay the shipping, which is around $15 to $20 for 50 pounds. So still. That's really good, though. I I just mailed something and... That's really good. It's it, it's expensive to mail. Yeah. But to donate some, you know, that's, yeah, I think that's a great deal. The items are then shipped to the charitable organization where they're either distributed or sold to raise funds for that charity. The cardboard boxes are then reused or recycled by the charity. In the free label boxes, they're requesting that there only be clothing, shoes, accessories, and or jewelry due to the cost of shipping. Okay, yeah. The paid boxes have fewer restrictions and can include household items like toys, books, and other things. They do ask that you don't put glass items. They don't take large electronics or any liquids. It's sad that they have to give a warning about not accepting ammunition. Wow. Who sends ammunition? Yeah, that's not something I would think to do in a terrible situation. Exactly. Unless you're sending them to Ukraine. Yes. I mean, yes. That's bizarre. Maybe that's what they were thinking. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Anyways, it's a great way to help others out. Great way to clean out the closets and reuse all those cardboard boxes. Give Back Box is currently operating in the United States, Canada, and the UK. You can find all the information at their website, GiveBackBox, all one word, dot com. Very People need cool. to go check it out. Yeah, it's out. fun. It, it, uh, like I said, it's got American Cancer. It's just got a ton of things on there. That's awesome. Well, right before the school year ended for my youngest, Ellie, last June, I had some time before picking her up. I walked around the cute shops of Multnomah Village near her school in Portland, and I walked past Annie Bloom's bookstore. I know, Teresa, you're a fan of that place, too. A book caught my eye, probably because it had this bright yellow lemon on the cover, and the title said, Find the Good. really spoke to me. Well, I didn't buy the book then, but the title just kept coming to mind, and so I finally bought it on Amazon and got it a couple weeks back, and I had to laugh when I received it because... Talk about unlikely places to find inspiration. The complete title of this book was Find the Good, Unexpected Life Lessons from a Small Town Obituary Writer yes. <laughs> by Heather Lynn. So it's just it was just yeah. kind of like, okay, what is this about? But it's an it was an awesome read. It turns out to be a very inspirational book full of awesome life lessons. 
Her book began because she was asked to write a short essay describing one piece of wisdom to live by, Hmm. which I think that sounds super tough. But after a lot of thought, she summed it up with Find the Good. Heather has been writing obituaries for her small town in Haines, Alaska for 20 years and has written over 400 obituaries for the uh, Chillicat Valley News. Just to give a little background about her, she's a former contributing editor of Women's Day magazine Mm -hmm. and now is the current Alaska State Writer Laurette. Uh, Heather is active in her community from library to public radio. She sings in the Haines a cappella women's chorus. And she's been involved in the school board, too. She's married and has five children and five grandchildren. So you're saying she's busy. She's busy. (laughs) This lady's busy. Heather talks about how writing obituaries is her way of transcending bad news. It taught her to intentionally try to find the good in people and in situations. Sometimes with practice makes her life more meaningful. Heather is quite good at entering a grieving house, pulling up a chair, and sipping some coffee, She listens and observes and hopefully eases the pain. So finding the good in the situation is challenging and not always obvious. Uh, If she's patient, it will reveal itself. Her job is to investigate the deeds and characteristics of the deceased. Plus, she's dealing with people that are her neighbors that she personally knows in this small, tight-knit Alaskan community. One of her life lessons as a result of her grown children visiting her and her grandbabies, sticky fingers on everything, she talks about her house getting messier in direct proportion to her growing optimism. Wow, I struggle with this for sure. Like, I like a tidy home. Mm-hmm. You know, how about you? Are I get you? It. I get yes. Yeah. It makes me very grouchy. Gr- yeah, but, and Heather said she has a friend that prefers to be a little grumpy, but very neat. And I don't think Heather's judging one way is not better than the other. She's just describing her experience. Mm-hmm. And she kind of dives into this idea further. Um, she refers to The Gift from the Sea by Anne Morrow Lindbergh. I've never read that book. I've never even heard of it. I've seen the book. My mom had the book. I've never oh, okay. read it. But, Amoral Lindbergh wrote about relationships, motherhood, mm-hmm. aging. How big of a book? It's a little book. Oh, okay. And, le- and kind of the whole idea is leading this meaningful life. Mm-hmm. Heather highlights the part uh, she likes best where Anne talks about the way we wear these proverbial shells. The shell of ambition, the shell of accumulations and possessions, the shell of ego, um, which in middle age looks more like oysters and mollusk is how she's describing but this. Heather says it's time for her to toss old shells of perfection and grow and create a newer shell to carry her through a second half of her life, which I love the visual yeah, of it, just of a too. shell. Heather has a neighbor she talks about, too, who says growing old is the pits, whereas the other one, Norm, is a very positive thinker. Norm, who died young because of a hereditary lung disease, Heather said he had an emotional happiness gene that overrides his physical flaws. He left the hustle and bustle of San Francisco and said to his wife, let's go to Alaska. You know, which I just love that seizing life. She also talks about seizing life when you, you know, your to-do list gets pulled upside down. And just to go with it, like when your flight's delayed, phone a family member you haven't spoken to. Or when it snows, take a walk in it. Maybe shovel your neighbor's stoop. Another life lesson, a difficult one she wrote about, her youngest child, Stoli, who they adopted at eight from a Bulgarian orphanage, now is 21, pregnant and married. And and as she puts it, this is not what I planned for my baby girl. 
the questions that come to mind. How will she raise a child, finish school, support herself? And then her husband, Chip, took a different point of view and said simply, she's happy, and reminded her that Stoli was just a year younger than she was when they got married. Uh, Heather told herself to say nothing and just be a good mother to Stoli, which I think is hard not to butt in. Oh, absolutely. As a parent, you know. Heather kicked herself thinking she must have done a bad job parenting. And then she kind of realizes if Stoli wasn't her child, she knew exactly how to support her, which I think is so weird how it works that way. I know that too. Like you can think of how to help the neighbor's kid or your child's Mm -hmm. best friend, but it's hard to help your own. When you're right in the middle of it. Yeah. And you're, you're all twisted up in it. But I love that after Stoli had her baby, uh, Lainey, Heather writes, the capacity for love in a human heart is not limited by its size rather than the divide the heart's chambers into smaller rooms as the family grows, love multiplies them. I just I just think that's such a beautiful mm-hmm. way to s- describe the endless capacity yeah. of love. There's all these stories. This book is full mm-hmm. of just tons of little stories. So another story was Heather wrote about a fisherman, Richard Boyce, who died one fourth of July. He was out on his salmon Giltner named Eleanor S with his youngest daughter, when he fell overboard Mm -hmm. and he drowned, his heavy rain gear and boots and then the strong currents pulled him away from the boat uh, under the water just too fast. The next day, the community brought jars of wildflowers and handmade wreaths to cover the Eleanor S. And a few of Richard's friends decided to use the momentum of the community's sorrow to do some goodwill, something that would be more long-lasting. They raised money to buy new state-of-the-art flotation devices in the form of these inflatable suspenders for the rain pants for the fishermen in Haynes, about 176 skippers Mm. and deckhands. I I just have to say I love the spirit of this community. The cool thing, the inflatable suspenders are flat, and they replace the elastic straps on the rubber overalls. So Very practical. Very practical, Yeah. yeah. So Heather's son is a fisherman, and he's like, he wouldn't be wearing them, and that they were for old men. And she writes about wanting just to grab them <laughs> by the shirt and scream, for God's sake, please accept the gift, wear them, which I can see that yeah. as a mo- mom of yeah. a son. Absolutely. But instead of getting angry, she kissed him on the cheek and told him, please, please be careful out there, and that she loved him very much, which it's so hard to let your yeah. kids go and let them make their own decisions. I Sometimes, I think maybe all the time, yeah. you're just kind of going, oh. but um, for it's sure. super hard. For sure. It's super hard yeah. to be on the sidelines. But Heather, like like you and I, loves dogs. She lost their old dog Forte. It was a black, flat-coated retriever, but she yeah. just missed him so much. He, you know, as we know, dogs love unconditionally. Yeah. But he also was there through all the rough years with the teenagers. Mm. And she could kind of see it in his eyes, Um, which I love that. Because I feel that with my little mini schnauzer Fritz. Like, sometimes I feel like when I look at her, she just looks at me like, I got you. Yeah. In her little brown eyes. But Heather and Chip got a 10-week-old white golden retriever who they named Pearl. Oh, it's cute. Sounds super cute. So needing to exercise this energetic puppy, Heather started taking Pearl on walks along the beach and met a woman with a dog. They chatted, and then she invited Heather to join her and another friend to walk the dogs on the beach. They meet every morning at 7 with their headlamps on, and I just, I love it. You know, dogs are so good at bringing the best out in us humans. And they help us make friends. Yeah, that now that we run into with the rescue. Rescue, yeah. yeah. 
So uh, Heather writes, now we aren't walking the dogs anymore. These are people who walk with dogs. So (laughs) these daily walks are about listening to and sharing all the kind of private, personal women friends things. Mm -hmm. Heather also likes to take her granddaughters for walks along the beach, and they look for heart-shaped rocks. Heather has to do that, too. I know. That's fun. Heather's been collecting these heart-shaped rocks for years. She gave one to her husband, Chip, one year for Valentine's Day. She has them on her windowsill. And it kind of reminded me, Ryan's dad used to have a place up in Nia Bay on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State. It faces um, Vancouver Island, Canada. And I love looking for fun-shaped rocks and mm-hmm. sea glass. And it, it sounds so simple, but I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, there's just something so meditative about combing the beach, looking for treasures. Mm-hmm. And it's great, really, for any age. Yeah. And brings people together. Bring you yeah. together. And it's quiet time, yeah. you know. Heather is involved in her community. She's a part of a, a Haynes Acapella Women's Chorus. They meet weekly. They perform, you know, occasionally for special events. They practice all the time, but they've only done this only done like a handful of things, like a 50th <laughs> anniversary for the state ferry or a women's convention. But they meet weekly. Well, they um, probably don't have a ton of events with right. a small town like that. But they're but they're committed. They're yeah. committed. They're ready. They're, they're ready. ready. <laughs> but she talks about these two ladies in the choir on opposing sides of the political parties, which this really, I love this, this story. Uh, one who organizes the liberal We the People, and the other is a conservative whose husband blasts the We the People group in regular editorials in his conservative online newsletter. Yet... They weekly, they sh- they swallow their pride, they practice forgiveness, they stand next to each other and share sheet music. Oh, you know, it's so That's awesome. Supposed to be. It's awesome how music transcends these opposing allegiances, but they are able to put it aside. Yeah. And I'm just beginning to think there's something quite special about this little town, <laughs> Alaska. I want to have to, might have to go. Might not be on your bucket might list. Might be on my yeah. bucket list. And then Heather talks about how hard it is emotionally. She goes to all these memorial yeah, services. I can't imagine. And decides for a time to you know keep her distance from the from the sorrow until a friend dies of lung cancer. And she talks about how hard it was to be there. There was no black clothing, no organ music. Instead, it was a party. It was a celebration of life. I love that. And, but but for her, it was opposite. Yeah. She was annoyed by the flip flops and the sundresses. And Heather states, this is not a funeral, it's an event. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the video came, and she hears her friend's voice. And she tries not to cry, but she can't help it. Heather thinks about her friend, how she so admired this skilled, patient, kind woman who who shared her joy and knowledge of disabilities without judgment. She worked with a lot of children with disabilities. Mm. And she remembers that this woman gave her some good advice one time to take a media fast during a difficult time when uh, Heather was in the middle of a school board dispute. Instead, she suggested to reconnect with the people that matter. Mm. I love this advice. Yeah. I mean, wise woman. Very wise. And amidst the silent sharing, a sniffle triggers, the tissue passed down the row, elbows touch, a hand is squeezed, eyes meet. And she says she feels so ashamed to be such a jerk about her negative thoughts about the celebration of life. Heather asked herself, how could she have missed what's really happening here? And what is she really afraid of? I think that's interesting because I would never think that. But yeah, but yet people must. People might. If you're used to maybe a traditional service and you've not gone to one. And she, you know, um, and so she writes 
You know, rather than lunge for the exit, she enters the circle of caring. For better or worse, she's committed. Heather writes that people don't gather after death to mourn, but rather to reaffirm why life matters and to remember to exult in the only one we'll ever have. We hold funerals, memorials, celebrations, whatever you want to call them, to seek and find the heart of the matter of this trip we call life, which I think that is so beautifully put. I just love Heather's honesty and openness. She kind of unpacks life's hardest moments and offers this optimistic outlook with find the good in life during the tough times of sorrow and loss. I admire her parenting style, how she loves and supports, lets, and yet lets her children kind of stand on their own. Hard to do. It's so hard yeah. to do. And she's further along than we are, yeah. you know, in it. But, but um, I think that's good for us to see. see that perspective. a mentor for it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And finally, I'm just so inspired by Heather, how she writes about looking for the good, which, which moves the heart and may take you to unexpected places. And more often than not, they're the places that matter the most. Like, in her case, her grubby little granddaughter's hands. <laughs> I mean, what was nothing better no. than that would be holding no. the hands and yes. looking for the rocks. So... I just love that book. It's very simple, but it just kind of brings you to the core of what life matters. It's all about. What it's all about. So I love it. I believe gratitude comes from the place in your soul that knows the story could have ended differently and often does. I also know that gratitude is at the heart of finding the good in the world. Heather Lend. In episode 36, we talked about Scott Harrison's book, Thirst, where his life was transformed from a mm-hmm. nightclub promoter to a champion yeah. for ending the water crisis that affects millions of people around the world and starting a nonprofit charity, Water. I signed up, after reading that book, I signed up for their email and recently received an email with a story about a young 26-year-old woman, Vanessa Cara. Vanessa is a hydraulic engineer and a professional soccer player She received Scott's book, Thirst, for her 25th birthday. His story moved her and shifted her focus to serve others. Her experiences in high school humbled her and made her mature beyond her years. By her senior year in high school, she damaged her ACL three times. At one point, she was being recruited by 25 soccer programs. Wow. And then it all went away after her injuries. And uh, her interest in engineering began in middle school. Her father was an engineer, and she just, like, looked up to him, and she felt like he knew everything. He exposed her to the outdoors. His example led her to uh, study engineering in college. Her passion for ending the water crisis started in middle school and led to her focus on the hydraulic engineering. In high school, because she came to class sweaty from her soccer practice, (laughs) classmates didn't think she was smart. It wasn't until she passed the fundamentals of engineering exam the first time that she gained respect from her peers. Because she was sweaty. Because she was sweaty. (laughs) A jock, I guess. And it's a tough exam because Ryan's an engineer, my Mm -hmm. husband. I asked him about it. He said that is a tough exam. So, Mm -hmm. But the same was true for soccer for her. She said she wasn't the best player, and often the coach would say, you're not technical enough for the next level she didn't let that stop her or her injuries Uh, she played for drexel university and the university of florida achieving leading scores for both teams she joined the women's national women's soccer league playing for the club team racing louisville and now is a forward for the dominican republic uh, national team 
Vanessa says her purpose isn't rooted in engineering or soccer. It's in helping others. She's using her abilities to make the world a better place. And she kind of lives by these principles. The first one is start simple. The second, adventure beyond what's comfortable. Do things that make you uncomfortable, which I that's a hard one yeah. for me because I'm kind of a shy person and like to live in my lane, yeah. you know. The third, a lot of us do. Yeah, I just don't want to, you know, try anything. Third is choose presence over perfection. So mm. being present. That has been, I, I keep that's hearing that lately. It's hard, so, yeah. you know. And soccer uh, taught her about achievement. Now she focuses on what can happen in a day. What can she accomplish mm. in a day, which mm. I love that. And then be, in, be intentional. Fourth uh, principle, she says, sometimes you have to lose your dreams to find yourself, which I think is mm, true. Very true. And fifth, celebrate the small wins. It's the antidote to the cynicism. So it's like it's the little things along yeah. the way. I just I admire this young woman's determination and how she's using her education in hydraulic engineering to you know help solve yeah. the water crisis. And I love how you say that she is she wants to make the world a better place. Through those things. Through those she things. She isn't necessarily a soccer player, but yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. Right. The way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. Dolly Parton. Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website tangentialinspiration.com Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.